This is Dre Montez, host of Who's to Blame, the podcast. This is episode 346, and we're going to talk about the NFL, college football, Major League Baseball, and my thoughts on what transpired in the NFL officiating this weekend. But we're going to start off talking about what happened Thursday night between the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. That type of matchup already, when Pittsburgh and Cleveland play each other, there's always a little bit more of this or that when these two teams get together. And this time, the last eight seconds of the game, it took a turn for the worse. And a lot of people have brought up different scenarios, uh, other sporting events where bad things have happened unexpectedly. You had the Malice in the Palace, the NBA fight. In NHL, you hit Bertuzzi, and I believe his name was Bashir when he hit him with his hockey stick, hit his head on the ice. It was an ugly, ugly scene. And I was actually at the Major League Baseball game between the Cardinals and the Cincinnati Reds. To this day, I do not like Johnny Cueto. But back to Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph. Don't know what Mason Rudolph said. All I know is what you guys saw. I saw the video as well as you did. Millions of times by now. But in the video, we see Miles have a problem with Mason Rudolph trying to pull off his helmet. Then Miles tries to pull off his helmet, but he's successful. But he takes it an extra level and he swings the helmet and hits Mason Rudolph. Great thing about that and good thing about that, that he didn't hit him with the hardest part of the helmet and Mason Rudolph was okay. But after the fact is where the conversation changes. We now know that Miles Garrett is suspended for the rest of the year. He is suspended for the rest of the year. And maybe next year he has to go in front of the NFL and tell them, hey, I've learned my lesson. I won't do it again. I like that about him. I also like the fact how genuine his apology was immediately to the media after the game. Immediately. Sincere from the heart. Then the next day, he took it upon himself to go to the team facility and apologize to the coaches and whatnot, then the players. And he also apologized to Mason Rudolph. There's been a lot of speculation that maybe he should send Mason Rudolph a check, maybe. And also Mason Rudolph agent let off saying that he would possibly be looking at pressing charges against Miles Garrett. That's another discussion, but right now we're going to keep it football. There's only been suspensions handed out, and Mason Rudolph did not receive a suspension. But I think and know for a fact that the NFL is definitely going to hand out a hefty fine to Mason Rudolph because he grabbed the face mask first, grabbed the helmet first, trying to take his off. But it's the after effect that we're talking about. Football is a very, very violent sport. We've seen egregious behavior over the years, going all the way back to Albert Hainsworth. My own favorite player of my favorite NFL team, the Denver Broncos, Shannon Sharp had some issues. Rob Gronkowski had some issues with the Buffalo Bills. And nobody circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills. But Miles Gabbard, I have to commend him for being so upfront and forthcoming with his apology. Immediately, he didn't go through his publicist. He didn't wait. Of course, we've got to appeal the suspension. 
But of course, he apologized right away. But what's going to be the next thing? I wasn't shocked that it happened. There was no shock value to me when it happened. The shock value was the narrative that was going around with the media in the sports world and outside of the sports world. Like they've never seen anything like that before. I just said about the malice in the palace. The NHL, NHL incident. The baseball incident with the Cardinals and the Cincinnati Reds. This baseball player used his shoe. And what's on the bottom of a baseball shoe, kids? Spikes. Those hurt. Ended a guy's career. So that is egregious behavior. Don't know what he said or even any, if anything was said to Miles Garrett. Why does something have to be said? The way he responded, something else had to be going on. Just like in Malice in the Palace, someone had just lost their mom and a fan went too far. You never know what's on somebody's mind or what someone's going through. Not making excuses for what transpired at all. Just wanted to bring that up about the whole incident in Thursday night football between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns. But they play again in a few weeks. Well, less than two weeks they play each other. If I'm Baker Mayfield, I'm going to my coach. And I'm telling him, I'm not playing. I'm telling my backup, your ass getting in the game. <laughs> I'm not playing. Look, it's going to be like Sean Payton, they coach for one game, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Sean Payton going to tell them, hey, target practice, boys. Remember Sean Payton got suspended for a whole year from the New Orleans Saints? It was for the exact same thing. Allegedly, he was handing out fees to people that were hurting people, putting them on the IR. If I'm Baker Mayfield, I would just make another damn progressive insurance commercial and chill right there. That's what I would do. <laughs> and the NFL did not stop there as there's some confusion going on. And I'm confused as hell. And I'm talking about this Colin Kaepernick situation over the weekend. Allegedly, apparently, a workout was scheduled by the NFL at a facility in Atlanta, okay? Allegedly, Colin Kaepernick didn't have any say-so. He wanted to bring his own receivers. NFL said, okay, all 30 teams, 32 teams were not going to be there, but the NFL was going to record it and release it and submit it to all 32 teams. But there were 25 teams that were going to be there, a person from 25 teams. Don't know if he's the coffee man or the coffee lady, but it was somebody from each NFL team, 25 teams that were going to be there. I read something on Twitter Saturday afternoon through Adam Schefter's tweet. Maybe I misread it. Maybe I misread it. But I thought he said through his tweet, Adam Schefter, who is the smartest, hardest working man in the NFL. If anything goes down in the NFL, that damn Adam Schefter knows it. And he does a great job with it. But in the tweet that he put out, I thought it said that the NFL has pushed it back until this time and we're moving it to another location. Now I'm hearing it was Colin Kaepernick who changed the location. And then you saw the post media message he gave to the NFL. When you're trying to get back in, I don't think this is the way to do it. I don't think the NFL wants him to play again. 
I told members of the man cave about this. I haven't heard Colin Kaepernick come out, Colin Kaepernick come out and say, I want to play football in the NFL again. I haven't heard him say that. Now, I know there was a collusion settlement. We don't know how much it was. Jay-Z's on board. They saying Jay-Z and Rock Nation was the ones that put this together with the NFL to reach out to Colin. Let's get his guy a shot. But traditionally, we're used to guys working out on Tuesday for teams, not on a Saturday, not this late in the year. But be that as it may, if you're trying to get back in, do you go through these hoops? Do, would you go through all of this if this was you trying to get back in the NFL? You've been gone for three years. There's been other people talking for you. Allegedly, NFL teams have reached out to you, but you have had other people speak for you, allegedly. I would love to have a one-on-one with Colin Kaepernick and just be straight up. What's going on, bro? What you want to do? I'm not talking about the community platform. I'm not talking about none of that. I'm talking about what happens on Sunday, Monday, and Thursdays. And in playoff time, Saturdays. I'm talking about football. And that's what I want to get to, football. I'm not, I don't want to talk about nothing else. Nothing else. Where are we at with this football thing? He hasn't said anything yet. I have not heard from Colin Kaepernick. All I've heard him talk about is his platform, his community involvement, and his movement, and his financial contributions, and everything he's been doing for the homeless people, hanging out with the homeless people on his birthday. Hey, I commend you for all that. That's, that's great. That's beautiful. But I'm to the point right now. I don't think you should try to play football anymore. Just let it go. Just walk away. I think you need a real friend to come up to you and say, hey, man, look, maybe this ain't the right way. You've never been in really any trouble. So what's wrong with the XFL? What's wrong with that? If you really just want to play football, try the XFL. Go to Canadian Football League. Just do you boo-boo. Isn't that what the kids say? Do you Boo-boo. I'm confused on that. A.B. had an eight-hour meeting with Roger Goodell and the NFL people. Eight hours. What the hell y'all talk about for eight hours? Now, A.B. is a different type of dude. Different type of dude. Not just because of the feet or the Nino Brown hairstyles from New Jack City, but he's a different type of a dude because he's a wide receiver and he's a what, kids? A diva. A diva. Will he play again? Everybody's worried about A.B. and Colin Kaepernick. Damn it, I'm worried about Alden Smith. Is he going to play in the NFL again? Is he? If you smoke marijuana, have an alcohol problem, or you have mental health issues, they don't want you. They want to put drugs in you to control you, to control the commodity, to keep control of the investment. If you don't know your value, they're going to take advantage of you. Reach out to Kawhi, not Leonard. It could be a different sport, but he knew what he was doing. Him and Uncle Leonard, they knew what they were doing. They knew. Speaking of knowing what they were doing, in college football, Sarah, Nick Zabin, into a tug of a law. I want to know why. Who said it was okay for him to go in this game against Ole Miss? da 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 Old Miss guys still want to go to the next level and play in the NFL. Somebody on that defensive forefront or secondary, a linebacking core, is trying to get out of a financial situation and contribute. 
by making it to the NFL. So they're not going to hold up. They're going to come out there playing ball. Now, Nick Zabin, on one hand, is trying to prove to us how great and how good the Alabama medical staff is. First of all, I had my kind of hand was hesitant against the LSU game. I understand Nick Zabin. I understand Tua. But this old Miss game, hey, we have we really truly healed? Let's just sit this one out. I think our defense, and I'm Nick Zabin, this is Alabama, I think we can do enough and come out with a W than risking anything damaging further or something new by Tua playing in this game. Okay, boss. Lo and behold, Tua starts the damn game. As I'm watching the game and the score is increasingly going up in Alabama's favor, they're up 35-7. Rollout play. They hit him with the Malachi Crunch, as the man cave president called it. Two is down. Hip surgery. The most important thing for throwing a, a great spiral for a quarterback is the hip movement. The hip movement. Quarterback back in the day used to be just based on foot movement and arm strength. Now we need IQ. We need the eye test. We need football 101. We need hip movement. We need arm strength. We need read and react action. And there's something off here on this. I want to know why was he still in the game? Now, Nick Zabin, classical press conference. I've never heard so many damn ums in my life. Like he got caught with both baby mamas. Um, 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 I, I know why you're here. You, you're here. Everybody's concerned about Tua. No, 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 Nick. We're here to know why. Why was he in the game? The answer he gave, I want to see him run a two-minute offense. What in the, what in the George Peppercorn just happened? I want to know what Tua's parents' immediate reaction was. Anybody that's in charge of in the blue room, a green room on NFL draft day with an NFL team probably threw their head in their hands like, oh, my God, what just happened? This is some Willis McGahee type shit injury. What just happened? This is nothing that's going to rehab in six months. This going to take some time. The psychological effect, the mental effect, the sports management. They got load management in the NBA. Do we need load management in collegiate football? Maybe Bosa was on to something by missing those games at Ohio State. Excuse me, the Ohio State. Maybe think about this. I think now more big-name guys that are looking to go in that first, second, or third round, hey, maybe I'm going to let this injury heal. Maybe I'm going to really take this, instead of six to eight weeks, I'm going to take this eight weeks off. How about that? I think this has changed the perplexion of projectile investments from the collegiate level to the pro level. Guys are going to really start paying attention. Thank you, Nick Zabin. That's who's to blame on that one right there, kids. And the NFL on Sunday did not let us down as the schedule was out there in a way to give us sheer satisfaction entertainment. The schedule was perfect. At the rematch from college, you got Action Jackson, Lamar Jackson against Deshaun Watson. You got the Super Bowl matchup, T12 and Carson Wentz, Come on now.
those are probably the two biggest games everybody's looking forward to seeing and possibly a matchup. But that San Fran and Arizona game trying to be very comical as well. I don't want to talk about the Dallas game because I don't understand how Detroit only lost by eight and Dak threw for damn near 500 yards. I'm a Denver Bronco fanatic. We're winning 20 to nothing and lost, and no one should be surprised. We are a horrible team. Up 20 to nothing and you lose to the Minnesota Vikings. We're clearly a better team than we are. But I would like to put on an asterisk by this on the reasons why we lost. We have a 61-year-old first-year head coach. We have a first-year offensive coordinator, meaning he's calling the plays for the very first time in the NFL. I have a quarterback who has not played in a game since the 2016 Liberty Bowl. So with those right there going on, come on, the odds were never against this. It just went as planned in the schedule. But wow, I picked this going 4-12. and 4-12. and 12. I'm on pace. I'm on pace. Congratulations to DeAndre Hopkins on receiving his 600 catch in the NFL. That boy has had 10 quarterbacks. 10 quarterbacks is in a short NFL career. 10. And if you saw the story a few weeks ago about DeAndre Hopkins and his mom, an incredible, courageous woman and incredible story. But congratulations to Houston Texans receiver, first down maker, DeAndre Hopkins. Congratulations, man. 600 catches. Wow. He's on pace to do something great. As long as they can keep their quarterback healthy and a better offensive line. We could have had a good game, but yesterday, Lamar Jackson, or his new nickname, Lamarkable, showed out. Started out a little slow, but they finally got it going. Is Baltimore the real thing? They got three highs in the trophy winners on that team. Lamar Jackson, RG3, and the bowling ball himself, Mark Ingram. I like Mark Ingram's personality. I think if I saw Mark Ingram, we could hang out and be boys. You know, he has a really approachable personality. I've met a few NFL players throughout my talk radio days, and a lot of athletes are assholes. Trust me. But Mark Ingham looks like a pretty damn cool dude. He really does. I thought maybe the Detroit Lions had three Heisman Trophy winners on it. I'm still checking the facts on that. But wow, incredible day yesterday. Maybe we will finally figure out what the hell is a defensive pass interference and an offensive pass interference. I feel as though we've been down this line before a few years ago trying to figure out what's a catch and what's not a catch. Now we don't know what's a pass interference, what is defensive offense, the language, the narration, the video footage is not enough. And my favorite word through all, all of the NFL officiating is non-reviewable call. We need to talk about that. That, that's up there with affordable housing. What the hell does that mean? It's not. What do you mean by non-reviewable? <laughs> I need some more confirmation on that. I really do. I need some confirmation on that. And footnote, first time in a long time that the Minnesota Vikings, the purple people eaters of America, your cousin and my cousin, Kirk Cousins, they were 0-99 and when trailing by 20 points or more after halftime. Well, not anymore. They did it. They did it. Wow, wow, wow. 
NFL 100, also for the Super Bowl, Deion Sanders is taking your kids, ages 9 to 12. If you submit a video, you get to go to the Super Bowl with Deion Sanders. I think that's pretty damn cool. Why, when I was a kid, they ain't do nothing like this when we were kids. We couldn't do nothing like this. You know, you got rewarded when you did really good stuff. Now, the worse off you are in school, the more shit you get. <laughs> Just Who's to blame for that? You tell me. You tell me. Jimmy G in Arizona had a hilarious game to me yesterday. I called Jimmy G the man because, you know, the whole porn star thing. And my man, Kyler Murray, the hell with you, baseball. I'm going to be Kyler Murray. How about that? I'm a Scurry Murray. That's what they're calling now. Scurry Murray. The dude can run. The dude can run and throw. Major League Baseball. I don't know what we're going to do. This whole cheating incident with the Houston Astros has me up in arms. I have questions. I have concerns. Did you guys open up Pandora's box and didn't know it? I think you did. I think there's been more teams doing this than anybody will ever know. I started playing baseball at the age of seven. I stopped playing baseball at the age of 30. And I stopped playing competitive softball at the age of 45. There's cheating out there. I used to catch in baseball. If you know the game and follow the game, there's a way to steal signs. But I think the unimaginable part is the technology part, using technology to help you cheat. And then here's the crazy part. The fine for this is only $2 million. That's like a nickel. That's not nothing. That's nothing at all. i tell you what we can do, Major League Baseball. This could be a little egregious. Maybe because I'm a baseball guy and I love my sport and I love the integrity of the game. Protect our game the way the NFL protects the shield. So how about this? Let's increase that fine. Let's increase that fine. Mm, let's say $5 million. $5 million, The manager is fired and the GM is suspended for a whole year without pay. And your high draft pick, your high draft pick, we're going to hold them off for a whole year. How about that? We'll teach you to cheat. But rough, huh? when you go to the principal's office in major sports, you need to be punished dearly. I'm a product of the 70s. They used to paddle us when we went to the principal's office. They're not paddling anymore. All they're doing is talking. They're having an engaging conversation. That's it. We need more. $2 million is not enough. Can this be fixed? If you look at NASCAR and if you look at the NFL, the way they have used technology, maybe there can be a time restraint on it. But that's taken away from the purity of the game of baseball to me. As they're trying to do it now by putting a timer out there, getting a robot umpire, putting a runner on second base after extra innings. I kind of like that one, though. I kind of like that one. But there's other stuff that they're doing. It has to stop immediately. I don't agree with it. But this cheating using technology, how can we get beyond this? And here's another thing, Major League Baseball. This is not the Houston Astros' first time. This is not their second time being called to the principal's office. The Houston Astros have been at this several times. When is enough enough? How much is this at all all too vague? 
Uh, how much is all this all due to all the technology they have been using with the Houston Astros? But there's no way to make up for it. You can't take away the banners and the rafters and the players that got bonuses because there's financial implications right there as well when you make it to postseason. You get a little up in pay. You get a little bonus for winning. We're going to take that money back? No. So how can this be fixed, Major League Baseball? But this cheating in baseball has got to stop. It really does. It's up there with the catchphrase I heard all weekend. This head coach is a quarterback guru. The teams they were talking about were the New York football Jets. They were talking about as well the Arizona, not the Arizona Cardinals, Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Bruce Arians. And they've also been talking about Chicago because they have Mitchell Trubinsky, and he has not been putting up the numbers they thought, his projected numbers, his talent going to a quarterback guru. So when you say quarterback guru, are you using the quarterback's greatest strengths and attributes? Or are you trying to get this guy to do RPOs knowing he doesn't have any speed? Making him a pocket pass, but he has deer speed. Are you just handing kids a playbook and saying, you're going to learn my playbook no matter what? I think you got to get everybody involved. The head coach, offensive coordinator, quarterback coach, the quarterback itself, offensive line coach too. Let's get everybody involved in this playbook. If all these pieces don't move accordingly to plan, the play is not going to work. If you don't believe me, call Chip Kelly. You just can't make people do what you want them to do. This is not a marriage. (laughs) This is the NFL. This is a different type of marriage. But you can't do it. And I, I wish they put great logic behind this process that I'm trying to explain. You have a playbook. You're a coach. You need everybody to bind to this playbook that you believe in. You need them to run these plays in a certain amount of time in order to pull them off and put points on the board and get a W in the W column. How can this be done? There has to be a mode or a quarterback that you're looking for, a certain type. Which speed? I mean, what attributes across the board are we looking for? There has to be a way to find that guy. If Major League Baseball can build a team based on fucking statistics, you trying to tell me that an NFL coach, quarterback coach, offensive coordinator, offensive line can't figure out how to make this thing work? That's why we need to create a new reality show. Find me a quarterback on a couch across America game show. That should be coming out next. In weeks to come. It really should. It really should. Those are my thoughts right there. If it's your first time tuning in, it's the Seuss to Blame, the podcast with Dre Montez here. It's a sports and entertainment podcast after 14 years in talk radio, sports talk radio. Now I've been podcasting for three years, and it is so much fun. If you would like to reach out to the show, we have a Facebook page, Who's to Blame? Instagram, Dre Montez, Snapchat, Dre Montez, Twitter, at W2B, Dre Montez. And if you would like to do some advertising with the show, you can reach out to us through moredremontez at gmail.com. You guys have a great day. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of your day.